buenas noches y bienvenidos a Mastatar, el podcast también dos historias. Esta emisión ha sido autorizada por Néstor Cueto y benevolente líder, el presidente. ¡Viva! Y no contiene ninguna mención del... Cualquier persona que hable against nuestra amada despota, el presidente... ¡Viva! Será atada y amenazada de ser un horrible destino participación de los caracoles. Gracias. Good evening and welcome to this, our latest Staggering Stories podcast. I'm Crumbly. I'm Keith. I'm Adam. I'm Jean. Alas, we have no fake Keith tonight. Have, have you had an argument? Me? Yes. <laughs> fake Keith? We never have arguments. <laughs> but on this occasion, no, we haven't had an no, argument. We just keep missing each other. Yes. Uh, Do you ever see them together? <laughs> <laughs> no, we have recorded evidence that they've seen together, unless you're doing some freaky editing job. Oh, it may be. Anyway, without further ado, rifling through the mucky magazine of information to find the crispy pages of The News with El Presidente. Doctor News. Discs of debt. Oh, dear. Silver Screen have announced not one, but two Doctor Who soundtracks coming out before the end of the year. On the 20th of September, we will see a double CD pack of Doctor Who specials featuring David Tennant's swan song of, was it five, well, four Four. stories, five episodes. And then on the 8th of November 2010, we will be able to buy the new Series 5 soundtrack. Do they have listings for those yet? I know they've got listings for the specials. They have. Season 5. I haven't seen the listing for Series 5 yet. Season Five, I prefer, but not what they call it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually quite surprised that they're not doing the specials in early November and leaving the next one till early December to try and get maximum out of the Christmas market. Well, <laughs> December's a bit late for Christmas market, I, I suppose. November is your better bet. Yeah. And also, it, as you said before, it's rather the specials. It's virtually a year for them to yeah, get those out, yeah. which is mm. yeah. And the entire second disc of the specials is uh, the final story. Yeah, which obviously time. a two-parter. But. Yeah. I particularly look forward to the uh, season five mm. stuff. Yes. Mm, yes. Indeed. Uh, Torchwood. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Series four subtitle revealed. Ooh. It's got a subtitle? It's got subtitles. Subtitles. Yeah. You can, so you can watch it in Portuguese or. Um, or oh, okay. Australian. I thought they just spoke very loudly. No? All no, right. No. Oh, very slowly. Yeah. <laughs> it was <the> <laughs> He's off again. <laughs> the new series of Torchwood would be subtitled. The New World. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Mm. Russell T. Davies has also revealed a little more about the storyline. It will follow a CIA agent... Rex. Rex. Not a lawyer. No. (laughs) An analyst... Esther. Not Ransom. Nope. (laughs) As they tackle an alien-related global issue. Ooh. Mm. That's rather dubious to me. (laughs) Torchwood is now... Like a legend now. It's like something that ceased to exist and is now only spoken of in 
Whispers. Soon, Rex and Esther are on the run and are seeking out the help of Captain Jack da, 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 da. and Gwen. Good luck finding Captain Jack. Mm. Yeah. Last time we saw him, he was what? In a bar somewhere off yeah, planet. Picking, yeah, picking up uh, yeah, yeah. sailors. Yeah, yeah. Picking up Alonso. Yeah, Rogering Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> he hadn't got that far at that uh, point. No, we, we, we assume that's oh, on the cards no, in the future. Well, he says, am I going my way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So is this X-Files meets Torchwood? I think, yeah. I think it is. I think it is slightly, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see what it, how it, well it does. Mm. Mm. Yeah, could be good. I, I think, it, be. I think <laughs> from the follow-on of uh, Children of Earth, it's going to get high ratings because it's going to get watched. It's then whether it lives up to that's that. It. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Indeed. Well, with most of the Torchwood team dead, it means... Yeah. I've stopped in the past. I think also uh, reading an interview with Russell T, he's writing it the American way. I everybody in the room throwing in ideas mm-hmm. rather than as the British ways you just look at the one guy writing the script and then yeah. it getting repolished mm. not sure about that yeah, well, we'll wait and see yeah. we, we'll we see. know what it's like when fans all throw ideas in yeah. and it all yeah. gets taken yeah. on board <laughs> fans are the worst people for knowing what they want uh, yes <laughs> yeah. Yeah. good news everybody <laughs> good news everybody Sky drops Blake 7 revival <laughs> B7 production Productions Limited, the production company behind the proposed reboot of Blake 7, has responded reboot. to the announcement that Sky has pulled out the co-op's funded project. Sky deciding not to proceed with the planned TV revival of Blake 7 is obviously disappointing, Henry, but the development process has resulted in the dynamic reinvention of this branded series, with much praise scripts from lead writers Richard Curdy and Bev Doyle going postal, and 60% of the finance already in place by anyone's standard. We have pulled together a compelling package. We are confident that this reboot of Black 7 has the creative and commercial credentials that will enable us to find a partner, Henry, with the vision to recognise the strength and enduring appeal of the show and the opportunity it represents to produce a bold new drama series with significant international appeal. Half of our listeners aren't going to know who that was supposed to be. Half of the listeners aren't going to be able to hear what that is supposed to be. <laughs> I, I have to say, as you may have gathered from yes. my introduction, that yes. I am I am not sorely upset by the news that this isn't being relaunched. Mm. I don't know. I'd it, like to see somebody read it, the BBC preferably. Yeah. It depends on how it's done. I mean, it, it was a good idea. It just went straight into the world of panto virtue yep. from the start. Um, which, and it oh, worked no, it by didn't. The, oh, yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. Hi, you. you pulled it, Darrow? <laughs> oh, no. John Barrowman. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> but oh, it, it worked at the time, and it will get its fans but science fiction has moved on yeah. an awful lot it's grown up an awful lot in the intervening time not the special effects side of stuff that could be well handled but Firefly is basically Blake 7 for grown ups and sensible I'm, I'm wondering yeah, yeah. how you would actually deal yeah. with Blake 7 without either it having to be a pantomime or yeah. looking like other things that have happened since that have a very big foot in the same kind of general idea of outlaws would, on the run to, to bring it up to date and modernise it mm. would that alienate the coal fans I think what they would have to do Firefly there weren't so much outlaws it's just a random bunch of people thrown together and basically sort of making do with the best they can just trying to scratch a living 
thing. Which is pretty much what Blake Seven did, but also... Well, Blake with, I mean, Seven, even with Firefly, they mm-hmm. did fall foul of the authorities. Yeah. Because yeah. I was the thing smuggling. was, with Blake Seven, I mean, it was very much every person had a grudge against the Federation, mm. and they just saw it as a marriage of convenience. You know, the, uh, the, whole, uh, the whole Liberator and uh, Scorpio sort of scenarios, I mean, yeah. and just launching a guerrilla war against the Federation. So. I'm not yeah. sure about how it, how it be revisualised. That's, that's what it, I'm not just saying the, the You just invented of, a new word there, revisualised. <laughs> the extent, extent of stuff that they might have to do, with it, as I said, would possibly alienate the core fans. Mm. So. Well, yeah, but we all said that about Star yeah. Trek film. We said yeah. about New Who before yeah. it came back. I, I think I'm, they could do it. I am not denying that. I am willing to admit I am wrong, and mm. I could possibly be wrong. But I, I am very dubious and worried about certain words such as dynamic reinvention. And they, yeah. Worrying, it is, sounds yeah. buzz, buzzword it to, is, to me. Yeah. Very badly, is but... the ghost of Avon about to rise? <laughs> 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 yeah. But the B7 productions, people who do the audios, yeah. they do a good job of those. The, the audios are good. I've audios. never heard any of the B7 audios. I'll have to, I've got a half a dozen. I'll have to lend them to you. So, yeah. Yeah, so but they might be able to do it. They, I, I admit I could be wrong. I have been in the past, and I'm proud to say I'm wrong in the past. But in this case, I don't think it would go anywhere. No. I think 60% is not nearly enough. No, mm. no. And also, the, the science fiction, whilst on a high at the moment, is it is not the cheapest no. thing to produce. Well, Costume no. dramas and science mm. fiction are two of the most expensive things mm. to actually yeah. put on. And all of the production companies are feeling the pinch. Hence MGM. I mean, you don't get much bigger. It's almost no. gone under recently. Yeah, they mm. put um, on all the bonds. They have. Ooh, so it. it's one of those things of, is it worth the risk if they've got to put the finances in? Mm. That kind of stuff. Whereas maybe 18 months ago, this would have been picked up. It might be hard to sell this at the moment because they want to only spend the money on things they know are going to work. Yeah. Well, something like the BBC are making a fortune off Doctor Who, obviously, and Torchwood and yeah. Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah, they'd be a good home for it. But It might work if the BBC picks it up again, but again, it's... Something like Moffat with yeah. some wonders with it. But they're willing, oh, to, willing to go that far. Carl Urban is Judge Dredd. Ooh. Mm. Producers of the new Judge Dredd film are confirmed to Empire magazine that Carl, Star Trek Lord of the Rings Urban will be playing the man in the helmet. Producer Andrew McDonald also gave this fan-pleasing comment. He's not going to take off his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> OK. <laughs> not detachable, then. <laughs> Again, um, I'm not sure about this. He could fit the role. Mm. He I don't see why not. Yeah, he could quite easily fit He's the role. He's obviously a character actor. Yeah. Did a great job with uh, McCoy. He Bones. did a fantastic mm. job with McCoy. But that's the point. Has Dredd got any character? That's the thing. I mean, yeah. it's... Yeah. Yeah. Can't help but draw comparisons with Robocop. I mean, mm. both Robocop and Judge Dredd. I mean, you've got to have a very projecting yeah. sort of mouth and chin. Yeah, yeah, certainly chin for Dredd. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Bit of latex. <laughs> Prosthetic. You know, I'm not yeah. so much talking about sort of projecting his, his sort of size, but sort of yeah. um, gravitas and yeah. is all. You, you're doing very much more of the acting with the body language yes. and the voice yeah. than yes. anything else. Well, yeah. as, as I said before. And, the, and your body language is fairly limited mm. yeah. as well with Judge Dredd. <laughs> as I said before, he's got the physique because Dredd was always muscular not muscle bound he was mm. never a, a Stallone Schwarzenegger figure plus he can always build people up with muscle suits yeah. anyway so yeah. that's not oh, a yeah. problem well the thing was the reason why Judge was, uh, Dredd was so imposing was because of his shoulder pads yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
very ages. Very ages. Mm, very old. Great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's no, no, good. I, I will I think... watch it. I will watch it. I think it's a good idea to have not necessarily um, a big name for the role because yeah. he's a known name, but I wouldn't call him a big a big name. No, he's no. not a Hollywood star who no. would insist on having his face yeah. seen necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also going to depend on how they do it because Judge Dredd is a bit like Batman. It can be done very, very light-heartedly yes. and Bruce mm. Wayne yeah. kapows up, yes. or it can be done quite darkly. Very dark. Like yeah. Gothic, yeah. mm-hmm. So uh, the Sylvester Stallone one, I think it was too light and funny, but it didn't become so comical that it actually became a comedy. Yeah. It, it mm-hmm. kind of like wanted to be a serious farce, yeah. and it oh, became. Man, don't get me wrong. I mean, I enjoyed the Judge Dredd. Oh film. yeah, but yeah. it is as it was just another one of the kind of like cartoon heroes. It of, didn't yeah. really mm-hmm. stand out of the blockbusters of that time. So I think yeah. it would depend on how they're actually going to play this, as to whether it becomes just another one of those. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. Or if it actually stands out as a Good, mm. like, good like well, you say it's all good, like, uh, like Batman, it's all the yeah. Dark Knight, like uh, the Batman, yeah. like the original X Men films, yeah, like um, the first couple of Spidey films, yeah, they, were, they mm. were good films and the stories that interested you. Unfortunately, some of them tailed off into other directions, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. So, watch this space. Star Wars live action TV show on hold. According to George, the throat, (laughs) Lucas himself. The live action TV show is kind of on hold because we have scripts, but we don't know how to do them. (laughs) (laughs) Star Wars part one, (laughs) two, three. Because they literally are Star Wars, only we're going to have to try and do them at a tenth of the cost. And it's a huge challenge. A lot bigger than we thought it was going to be. Yeah, but people make science fiction TV series all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just George Lucas can't get rid of his CGI and his... That's, that's the trouble. Mm. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, a live-action version of a TV... So if it's live... How do they make hologram live-action? Yeah. <laughs> it has got to be rewritten. You can't do a podcast race or something. Yeah, no. God, no, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> that is the trouble he doesn't see people or things as actors he sees them as movable props to showcase the CGI yeah, yeah. yeah. he's got to cut back on the CGI and there's, uh, make a I, better thing who was the producer for or the director for uh, Empire should know that that's terrible but he, he's, <laughs> he's gone online as saying that um, Star Wars films stopped being good when they started becoming toy fests yes <laughs> Irvin Kirshner Irvin Kirshner yeah, they, they've had had an interview with Irving Kirshner somewhere saying how how poor they are simply because they become a showcase for all the various toys. Oh well you can mm. tell that from Star Wars Part 1 and the, and the entire yeah. race car thing was entirely right we're going to be releasing a computer game we have to have the tie-in bit for the computer mm. game because mm. this has got nothing to yeah. do with the plot. This is Ben-Hur moment. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. But half anyway. an hour long in this special edition. Easy. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Certainly, we're going back to slightly the Blake 7 thing. Mm. It's You're talking about the cash and the money that isn't there to do it these yeah. days. Oh, come on, if they can do Doc 2 on a fairly small BBC budget, yeah. they just have a bigger budget. But well, they're, just, they're not millions at his command. I mean, yeah, that's, they're not doing it to his film budget, what he's used to and what he was well, probably yeah. after. Mm. They should get the guys that did the stage version of the Thunderbirds <laughs> to work with you. Maybe a on their head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Walking around. I think they've done the reduced Shakespeare Company has done the entire Star Wars saga on stage in half an hour. (laughs) See, 3PO managed it. Yeah, yeah, too true, too true. 
Don't, Talk- I'm just, I've just had visions of Christmas with Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of Star Wars, we move on. Lucas has also announced the uh, Blu-ray box set. Oh, yes. Mm. All six films. Yeah. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, they've had deleted scenes added to Return of the Jedi. I don't think they'll be added to the film. I don't I, know. I don't know. It may be a, a branching thing where you I've can seen, watch it with them or without. I've seen on YouTube where you've got a Luke making his lightsaber. Yeah, I've mm. seen the, I've seen mm-hmm. the clip. Yeah. Although Mark Hamill says he didn't film that. <laughs> Somebody else. <laughs> Which does raise the question, is that really a... Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, there was always an urban myth, even when it was released, kind of style, that there's this scene where you actually see the Jedi yeah. making was, their lightsaber. It was in the book... Yeah. It was definitely in in the book version, because I remember yeah. reading that. Okay. We'll see. I think it's going to be a special feature. That's, yeah. But it basically the same as the old uh, DVD box set, mm-hmm. but yeah. with a couple of extra features. That's it. That's so it. I've, I've just got visions of that, you know, that uh, silent film at the end of it, where that little kid gets a lightsaber for Christmas. <laughs> oh, and he's yes. swinging it around, and his granny's sitting in the chair behind him. Yes. And she's, he slices her in half. <laughs> <laughs> there's a full... There's, I think it's on YouTube something. Mm. Yeah. Little kid gets a fully working lightsaber and goes around dismembering the house <laughs> why not yeah um, I have if we're, if we're doing addendums okay addendums. I, I have one no two addendums Ooh. two addendums Ooh. one is I think I could be mistaken it's either hassle free or heresy miniatures not, not I have mentioned them in the past in the fact that they've released a miniature called Dr. McCrimmon yeah they have released mm. a miniature called Mr. Masters oh yes uh, they have released a miniature called uh, the time meddler Echo- Eccleston, the time botherer. <laughs> they have oh, now, or is, yeah. it was Eccles Cake, the time botherer. <laughs> they have now released a miniature called the Nerd Lord. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Extract that from what you want. Yeah. Well, make of that what you yeah. want. Yeah. Behind uh, the times, aren't they? <laughs> he's got a long coat, is he? Uh... No, no, no. And he's got a quite short sort of coat down there with patches on oh, the arms and a, and a bow tie. Yeah. Nerd Lord, uh, uh, the nerd <laughs> Not the geek cheek, but the uh, yeah. <laughs> and also, I think this might only be available via Forbidden Planet, the UK site. Is they mm, are now well. bringing out. John Pertwee's sonic screwdriver. Oh, the, the the one the, the, the full. <laughs> yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah. It's just a screen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am not sure if it's got a, a blue light on it, but I, it certainly warbles and buzzes. I, when I had three one settings. of them once upon uh. a time when they were plastic. But I was a little girl. And I was, sorry. <laughs> I, I gunged up. Didn't it? <laughs> 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 I only step outside. I think it's... I used it only as a sonic screwdriver to play with oh. in my room. Fully dressed, except <laughs> I, I think it's only a small release range through Forbidden Planet, but it's, but it's a toy option thing, so it's like goes with the the other screwdrivers. Okay, <laughs> you're making up your own jokes over there. Have no. you never noticed? You know, like long, tall batteries, yes. but yeah, three settings. <laughs> yep. I can't believe you had the temerity to say that. <laughs> oh dear. You oh, don't had, know me very well, do you? Add another addendum on. Has Adorn- anyone noticed oh. that just to make sure they get as much money out of as possible, there's a new 3D film coming out for release oh. soon called Avatar, <laughs> the director's cut. Oh, oh well, of course. Uh, I, I think... For me, see my previous ranting about this on our <laughs> podcast. This back at the, c- the cinemas again. This is actually going to be at the cinema. Mm. They're releasing it 
yeah. back in the cinema, the full film with the additional bits. It's long enough already. It <laughs> is. Part of me is going, there are some films I wouldn't mind seeing at the cinema full length, such as The Lord of the Rings. Mm. But is this going to start a precedence of, oh, we've got the money off of you to go and see a film? Mm. Oh, we'll get some money off of you for another version of the film. Say directors yeah. can't. Yeah. Either people are then not going to go and see the first, as in very few people bought the Blu-ray of the Lord of the Rings pack because we know the director's versions mm. can, yeah, come indeed, out. Yeah, I haven't bought it. Um, which could then have a detrimental effect or it's just going to be, yeah, we're releasing stuff that people aren't going to go and see because we've seen the film. Don't want to go and see the director's yeah. version. It's got to be a blooming good film, I think, to well, get that, people back the whole, in the that's cinema. That's the whole point. I wouldn't, yeah. There are some films I would pay and go to see again. Lord of the Rings, the Star Trek film. I will not pay and go to see that again. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah, it, it was an entertaining film, but I mean, sort of, I mean, normally when the DVD comes on the market, I'm, I normally make a point of going out straight away and buying it. But um, Avatar, I mean, so, well, I'm just waiting to uh, come down in price a bit more. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bargain bin. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it was stunning in 3D, but it was stunning. Yeah. It wasn't interesting. That's the thing. Visually, it was absolutely stunning in 3D, but yeah. seeing the plot, if I'd seen it in 2D, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it yeah. so much. Mm. I, I've seen it. It's stunning. I've seen the trick. It's a one-trick yeah. pony. Yeah. You know, it's I'm not going to see I mean, the same trick a second it's, time. It's the argument that I get. Yes, it's very nice, but if the story doesn't engage me, the rest is just so much window dressing. Mm-hmm. Mind you, there's one film I will be going time and time again to see <laughs> when it comes out on December the 17th. Mm. Which is? I wonder what film that could be. <laughs> um, <laughs> that naughty film. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> he does Dallas. <laughs> Tron. Mm-hmm, yes. yep. Tron He's legacy. a Tron man. Mm. Could be terrible. <laughs> he don't care. Mm. <laughs> Hopefully not. not but. <laughs> well, as I say, when I saw the first one, it absolutely blew me away. So. Yes, it did at the mm. time, yeah. Well, 1983, it captured the whole zeitgeist oh, yeah. of the time. It was all video games starting to become popular. Well, I do remember being impressed with it when I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> Anymore. 20 minutes of news me. <laughs> no, I think, I think I'm, I'm addendumed out. Mm-hmm, yes. Yes. Okay. We are addendumless. We've all been watching television, haven't we, boys and girls? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, we've all been going underwater, haven't we? Diving deep. Not that sort of diving, though. <laughs> Going back to gunging up again. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been watching The Deep. (laughs) Sorry. Yes, we've been we've been watching The Deep. Uh, Started Mm. BBC One, or Um, if you prefer, the best with Irish accents. Okay. Oh dear. <laughs> Hopefully that will be an outtake. BBC <laughs> um, HD. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, who does it star? James Nesbitt. Yes. Somebody who drives a Mini. Yes, 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 Mini driver. Yeah. <laughs> um, James, James Nesbitt first crossed our attention with, with Jekyll. Mm, oh, yes, we've been looking right, around yes. before that. Oh, it's oh, yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah, but, yeah. but on, on the, the genre-wise, yeah. But also with, with, with those wonderful adverts. Yeah, but I, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying... <laughs> 
from, from the sci-fi fantasy oh, side. Oh, yes, it was, was brilliant. It first coming to our attention on Jekyll, yep. which I, I thought he was very good on. And was, I still good. think if they ever do the Amiga Factor, he should play the lead in the Amiga Factor. Yeah. But that's yes. a sideline. That's, that's, that's something for <laughs> another that? time, children. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, uh, yes, Mini Driver. And, and what is the, how can I put it, the outline as it lays at the moment, two episodes in? We're two in, yes. yes. Mm. Well, the crew of a ship, basically a very large submersible. Yeah, as far as I can understand, they are scanning the art, the base of the Arctic seabed for alternative fuels. Mm, that, the original that's, ship, that's it. Yes. That, the, that Hermes. The, ship, the Hermes. The Hermes, mm. that's it. That, that was lost under suspicious circumstances. Well, dubious circumstances. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, well, six months previously. They didn't think so at the time. No. Most of them, they just... No. Things happen at sea. But so, and, and we're being sent down, what is it, the... The Orpheus. Orpheus. That, Orpheus. The, the Orpheus. Mm-hmm is being sent down on the same mission, but also to recover uh, Hermes's black box. At the last mm. minute, this last new minute, chap yes. turns up, put on the crew, and yes. tells them to go find... So, yeah, nobody knows, and he's never worked with any of the crew members before. The crew members, you get the idea of they are a tit, nit, tit. <laughs> uh, a nit, <laughs> some of them are. <laughs> <laughs> a tight-knit group who yep. have done these quite a f- few times and rely on each other. Yeah. But you've also got the added complication in that James Nesbitt's character's wife yes. was in the first mm, crew yes. that go missing. The Hermes, mm. yes. Of the Hermes. So he's on he's on there to find out what happened to his wife as much as for the actual yeah. well, crew. Well, you, you, you actually get yeah. a recording of her last communication, mm. which is very heart-rendering and emotional. Yeah, but at the very last moment. Well, let's just say that something strange is thrown into yes. the mix. Yes. She mm. says she can see something very large coming towards her submersible. Yes. About eater. Yes. <laughs> or maybe not, as the case may be. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, the first episode is initially the, the set-up. Also, to a certain extent, it shows you that all the crew are full-rounded human beings, because you get little bits... How, how kind of, little, yeah. little vigilettes with each member. I did well, have, apart from some of the minor crew. Okay, yeah. yeah, I did have to wonder at one point what, what um, Maddie's role was, other than to moan, panic. <laughs> mm. We quickly found out. And, and, and to die, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah, to get killed, yeah. I, I, did, I did sit there <laughs> thinking... She was no way would she have passed the psych exam yeah. to go <laughs> on this kind of mission. I can't believe they, they sent James Nesbitt's character down. No. Yeah, certainly mm. considering his wife is Was Ashley? Yeah, yeah. Why don't they send it. him on the same yeah. trip? No, mm. they wouldn't do that. But well, anyway... He, no, I mean, sort of, obviously, sort of, he wanted to go, so... Good reason not to send him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like Clem. all good suspense films. You've got a small group of people yep. who all tighten it with an outsider now join yep. them. Yeah. They Basically, find well, themselves in an enclosed, isolated area, which is the, the submersible. The submersible. Mm-hmm. Yep. They then find that they are then cut off from the outside world because... Due to an accident, the submersible gets disabled. Yeah, it's the classic kind of like ooh. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's almost like the horror movie on the mm. hill kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Someone's mm. a murdering amongst them, and it all goes from there. Yeah, yep. thing. They keep building up with new elements. Yeah, this new vessel appears, massive, massive vessel. Well, yeah. basically, it's a giant submarine. Yeah, yeah, far larger than their little submersible. Mm. Their submersible is big for a submersible. Yeah, but this thing that sort of captures yeah. them, yeah. it's about 900 metres long, yeah. or mm-hmm. 900 feet. It's and it's big. Russian. 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 Mm. And they start getting sick. Yes, they'll start bleeding from the eyes. Yeah, well. 
couple of them. Well, a couple of them. One do, fatally, yeah. apparently. <laughs> apparently, at the moment. Fatally. Yeah, yeah. As we've left it. It then turns out we have this very, very big Russian submarine that shouldn't actually exist, no. which appears to be um, mining for oil or for something. Yeah. Mm, yes, uh, we all get the, imp- the impression the crew of this Russian submarine um, they're doing illegal seafloor uh, oil drilling. Yeah, mm, around these. Um, well, in, in, in international waters. Yeah, the yeah. vents. Yeah. The, the volcanic vents and they've paid someone up on above ground yeah maybe but, but then we have the added complication that, that that's the story isn't it yeah they're just illegally drilling foil and our hero james nesbitt and his wife's <laughs> home is ransacked and they're looking for her research, research yeah. onto life forms that are going to shock the world. Mm. Now, is it just oil thereafter? The last image you're left with is a helix code on her computer yeah, screen. Yeah, it's a DNA strand. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They were saying that uh, they thought this is where life first evolved on yeah, Earth. Yeah, that, that is mm. mentioned. Uh, could be the driving force for evolution, yeah. i.e. where life first was created. Well, and they keep mentioning this particular fish... She's got different blood to every yes. other fish. Oh, uh, what yeah. is it? Vamp- the vampires. Vampire. Yeah. Yeah. So is it oil they're looking for or is it something else? Because yes. they never mm. actually say oil. That's the assumption. They, they said alternative energy. Yeah, yes. so that can yeah, mean that, anything. Well, well, that, that is what the, mm. the basic mission of the Hermes was, was mm. to locate alternative energy so sources. So it could still be an alien spaceship that landed. It could well be and probably will be. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we've had various <laughs> things that um, you, you got that little rock that he was t- going to put on the sea. Oh, the witch the witch stone, mm, the stone with the hole it. in yeah. it. Okay, mm. yeah, yeah. Fair I right. mean, that, that uh, certainly during the first episode, I wouldn't say a large thing was made about it, but it was significantly mentioned. You mentioned a couple of times. Yes, I'm wondering when that's coming in. Yeah. If this is a, a, a in English mythology, I don't know if it's anywhere else. If you find a stone in water and it's got a hole in it, it's classed as a witch stone. And yeah. if you see through it, you can see ghosts, etc. It's, yeah, it's can, basically something you carry around with you for good luck. Yeah, you can mm. see the <laughs> other veil of other dimensions. <laughs> and his daughter. Gives him the witch stone and asks him to leave it on the seabed bottom for mother, yeah. so she mm, can yeah. see the way home, sort of stuff. And at one point, he does look through it, and you you get images of him and his wife and then pl- his daughter playing on the beach. Yeah, but I do get the feeling flashback images. Yeah, yeah. The, I get mm. the feeling this this stone's actually going to play a bit more of a role yeah. somewhere through it. Right, sure, yeah, it might not. I'm willing to admit that, but they seem to no. make too much of it in the first episode. Well, exactly, they've set it up. Yeah. yeah, plus yeah. they. We've also found a mysterious structure on the seabed. Yes. Well, which looks like a mine cap, doesn't it? Yeah, well, maybe it is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it keeps flashing. Yes, it yeah. does. Yeah. And mysterious it flashes. With the electrics yeah. on yeah. the yeah. have a, have a mm. very bright strobe flash. Mm-hmm. Well, like a I camera thought, flash. Yeah. I thought it was a very bright strobe mm. flash, considering. Oh, wasn't that the uh, the Russian sub? No, because it was no. coming from no. the seabed, and that's what disabled uh, both yes. the original um, rover, uh, yeah. which was Casper, uh, yeah. mm, yeah. and the the second rover, which was Lurch. I love the. I thought at first maybe the second one was going to be Pollock and they were going to get a bit classical, but Mm. when they went for Lurch, I mean, they're going for cartoon and fictional characters rather. Yeah, that's a bit of a contradiction. I mean, sort of both the um, both the submersibles named after uh, sort of uh, classical uh, characters. Yeah, and they got Lurch and uh... (laughs) yes. Yeah. So Plus, um, also, when they get inside the big Russian submarine, they mm. find most of the crew have been killed, or they've been died in some strange manner. Mm. Also, we're bleeding from the eyes. Bleeding from the eyes. And, um, yes, yeah, so only two of the original Russian crew members are alive. The yeah. chef, 
and a mechanic. Mm. And it finishes with James Nesbitt's character finding parts of the remains of the vessel his wife yes. was in when mm. she left her Ooh. message saying, It's swallowing me! Yeah. yeah. And also a mysterious artefact of some sort. Mm. So Something it, glowing inside a large perspex case. Yeah. The, oh, yes. Yeah. The conundrums and the questions are beginning to add up. I mean, it's, mm. it's, they're not coming out and out and saying it's extraterrestrial, but there is the hint... Of something more there. Yeah. I thought the thing at the end looked almost like organic growing around metal. It was almost mm. like a hybrid of all, yeah. of, of Meccano yeah. inserted <laughs> into kind of like jellyfish type Anything. things. It was, thought it was of an a, amalgam. Thought of a lead acid battery or something really. Mm. But, yeah. yeah. And there's three more episodes to go. Yeah. Um, I think they will take the idea of um, sort of underwater. Well, I wouldn't say extraterrestrial life. I think they will sort of delve into that a little, a little bit further. Yeah. Because I mean, we all know sort of um, life can exist in the most in the hospitable yes. places, namely mm-hmm. sort of these underwater uh, volcanic vents. Yeah. I mean, there's jellyfish, well, not so much jellyfish, but underwater polyps, crabs, yep. fish. Mm. I mean, they all exist in that individual ecosystem. Yeah. Mm. I suspect the answer would be that aliens came to Earth and they manipulated life mm-hmm. to kickstart. Well, that's yeah. an idea, yeah. that is, yeah. We'll see. Also, again, it's one of those things that hasn't grabbed me, but there is enough there to keep dragging me back. Mm. Yeah, so whether, whether it depends on how they go with it. Yeah. I could possibly lose interest if they get a little bit too silly or, or whatever. Mm. But yeah. at the moment, it's still... So, OK, the first part better than the second, I yeah. thought. Yeah. It's starting to get a bit contrived all these obstacles they keep facing mm. yeah. already. Yeah. So we'll see how, yeah, we'll see, see how, see how we go. It's, mm. it's building into a little bit more of a thriller than a sci-fi yeah. at this mm. point. Yeah, which is yeah. perfectly all right. Mm. Said, the, the, the first thing when the the, um, the Russian sub, we found out that the sub was actually the Russian. Bolos, yes. yeah. I, I was beginning to think Shades of the Nightmare Man. Mm. I love the yes. way they figure out it's a Russian sub, though. Yeah. The, the welding. Yeah, the world. yeah. Yeah. No, not welding, rivets. Well, yeah, I thought Russian it. too. Either Russian or extraterrestrial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they, the whole first episode, they kept it very gloomy and you couldn't get made yes. out what it mm-hmm. was. Yeah, I was wondering about the uh, the open bit on the bottom, which the obviously ball, yeah. could work and does work in diving bells. Yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah. But if you go down to that depth, yeah. wouldn't you have to pressurise the air mm-hmm. so heavily... It, well, that's yeah. it. Yeah, but there you is go. Is that realistically possible? I don't think. Oh, it, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's done years of a sort of commercial diving. But De- that, down to that, that those depths. depths too thin. Well, not yeah, quite. Yeah, have to be so pressurised. Well, that's the thing. I mean, um, even with sort of uh, even with sort of articulated suits. I mean, I think it's only about sort of a thousand, a thousand feet they can go down. Yeah. yeah. Um, normal subs don't have open bits like that. They're entirely pressurised. Yeah. Mm, that's it. And then then you're talking breathing liquid. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Mm, yes, that, you have to breathe. I yeah. find that very very freaky breathing <laughs> yeah. liquid. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, when we're okay with um, you know, sort of a f- oxygenated sort of um, oh, what do, what do they call it in the abyss? I, I can't remember. Yeah, sort of a you know, sort of fluorinated, uh, you know, sort of that, a, that yeah. This one, it mm. was it was neon and something else, mm. neoflux well, or something. They were calling mm. it. Well, the mixtures they normally use, well, the three, well, the gases they normally use, are neon, argon, and uh, helium. Yeah, to put in breathing mixtures. Mm. That's mm. to say, sort of, it's just sort of uh, sort of arc welders on there, sort of uh, drilling oil rigs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're the ones who use those. Those, those breathing mixtures and even in this they got really squeaky voices yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes see how it goes I'm, I'm mm. going back to it at the moment but mm. yeah, well, it's only five episodes yeah. so I'll stick yeah. with it
it is it's yeah. quite good I mean okay, I mean one can't you know one can't but help sort of draw comparisons with the abyss yes no yeah. No. no yeah yeah but that's the I mean well, I mean I enjoyed the abyss immensely and if it does turn out that there is a spaceship underneath the Antarctic <laughs> I wonder if it takes over everything that looks like it and you never know it's there mm. a la the thing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's just I mean there's enough to keep me, you know, sort of keep me coming back at the moment because um, well as I say sort of science fiction TV on, on terrestrial is a bit well, it's a bit of a desert at the moment so mm. yeah summer you know, cute tumbleweeds. Yeah, so I mean, I'm enjoying the deep. Huh? Yeah. yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm going to stick with it. Yep, definitely. Okay, we're we're going to do a little review here, just amongst mm. us podcasters, where we're um, going to do a five minute review or thereabouts, where we talk about our favourite who. Mm. This could be Ooh. who book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who audio? Who TV? Mm-hmm. Who cardboard um, cutout? Who cardboard cutout? <laughs> yes. Enough of your smutty sex life. <laughs> and he's got the action figure, which she seems to be doing strange things on yeah. the top of the fez. I know. Oh, God, she is, isn't yeah, she? Thrusting her pelvis skyward. <laughs> so to kick off, um, this this is my one. Which might shock some of you. Oh, oh Matt Smith. That would shock everybody. that would shock everybody. The Tomb of the Cybermen. Oh, I am shocked. This went out originally in September 1967, which would have made me but a mere stripling of two and a half years old. (laughs) But I am blooming sure that this is the first episode that I actually have conscious memory of. Wow, Mm. certainly. For many, many years, I used to have fleeting memories of... Cybermen in ice, defrosting and breaking through plastic sheeting. Mm-hmm. Of Jamie having been shot and dragged away by a silver man. <laughs> and of the doctor, i.e. Troughton, yep. having his leg grabbed and almost being crushed by mm. a heavy weight. <laughs> and I've put it down to I've seen these images in books, etc. Until in 1992 and the four episodes were recovered and brought together. Mm. And off I toodled to a screening (laughs) at a theatre and sat there and went, I've seen this, (laughs) I've seen this, and about 10, 15 minutes into it, I could have told you the plot. (laughs) I have always, always found the Cybermen much more frightening than the Daleks. Oh, yeah, me too. Much more disturbing. I've always been that fact that we could become them. Yeah. And I think some of that is from this episode where Tobin gets part-turned into a Cyberman. In terms of the actual story, it's the classic, the spaceship is put out of action, you've got a small Mm. group of people, isolated, there's a couple of murderers on board, (laughs) and there's an alien in the cupboard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Effectively, (laughs) in the deep in the cupboard. Um, So you've you've got a good mixture of the horror and that kind of stuff, and it is actually quite a violent story. There is a scene of cold-blooded murder in it where Cleve just shoots one of the other people in the head. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's going to refreeze the Cybermen and he just shoots him. Yeah. In the story. <laughs> you know, it, it's actually... You look at it now and it's still quite kind of violent. Hmm. There is a lot of fast-paced action through it and in this one, the Doctor is very sarcastic... 
and very mischievous. It's, yes, it's yeah. almost a classic Troughton. He he wants them to open doors, etc., but he gives them the ideas on how to open yeah. it. He wants to see what's down there, even though he's a, he knows it's a Cyberman, because he wants to deal with it. If I may, it's almost as I remember him taking the monster out of the box, shaking it at the poor humans, going boogly, 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 and then he puts it away again. <laughs> totally. After they've half them are dead. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, well, in this case, all but one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it starts with a poor... Red shirt, effectively. Getting fried while trying to open the doors, and it mm. finishes with only the archaeologist getting out alive. Yeah. Um, but it's the Cybermen. If any, if anyone's only ever seen the modern Cybermen, the Cybermen look very basic. Basically, they were j- just um, almost workman suits, sprayed silver, ping pong balls at the corners yeah. with a bit. Of, but I loved the voice. They had the Stephen Hawking's yeah. sort of sing-songy voice, mm. and the fact that the Cyber Controller had a little mouth that came down, a silver piece in front of the mouth, so you knew he was speaking, a bit like the Dalek yeah. eye stalks. Yeah. <laughs> it is a fast-paced story. It is one that. Even now, I quite happily sit and watch through mm. because you do see new bits through it. It's got my favourite doctor. It's got at least one of my favourite assistants, and the mini was alive and kicking. Even on <laughs> Jamie McClellan, <laughs> <laughs> no Scotsman word where we killed that <laughs> shot, <laughs> and especially in an ice tomb. Yes. Mm. <laughs> um, and if you haven't actually seen it, it is worth seeing. For for anyone that's only ever seen the new Cybermen, it is it is one of the stories that actually deals with the Cybermen have been wiped out completely off the face of the universe. But they haven't. There's a no. small contingent of them on their home planet and they're setting up traps to try and get people so they can create a new cyber race. Mm-hmm. They ultimately get trapped again, courtesy of the um, hero, our Doctor. It is a good story, is worth watching. It doesn't flag that much, to be honest, which sometimes the old four-parters yeah. did. Yeah. It's, it stands up against the more modern stories, and it's definitely definitely one of those ones that would end up in my top ten mm. if ever I had to take them with me. <laughs> but I do swear it probably was. It's, I can just see my two brothers sitting me down, you will watch this, and me hanging on to a cushion and having been <laughs> traumatised for life. Because it really was deja vu seeing it. <laughs> mm, excellent. Mm, good. <laughs> Palabras de sabiduría de nuestro querido líder, el presidente. ¡Viva! Hay una rana en mi tazón de Right, we will be watching more television, boys and girls. Mm. More? We more. do have a life, though, we do promise. We? <laughs> <laughs> you want more, More? <laughs> what I'm, have we been watching this week? What have we been watching, Unky Crumbly? Unky Crumbly. Unky Crumbly. We've been watching the last episode of Sherlock. Mm. Mm. Haven't we just? And it was good. Yep. Mm. Right. 
uh, anyone doesn't know, what was what was the actual name of this one? The Great Game. The Great Game. The Great Game. From my point of view, it seemed to be a combination of two Sherlock Holmes stories. Mm-hmm. One was the Naval Treaty. Okay. And the other one was the Final Problem. Or the uh, mm. and the Bruce Partington affair. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah. It, it, there were lots going on in this one. There were there actually was. Um, what five different. Uh, mysteries going yes. on mm, yes. in the hour and a half. So it does does um, run run him ragged slightly. <laughs> and you did have kind of two stories that didn't that say... were running in parallel yes. that didn't actually see yeah, to match running ragged, yeah. I mean, so Basically, he was going stir crazy to start off with, which mm. which again is a standard Holmes. Mm-hmm. How can I put it? Uh, for, not philosophy, but uh, quirk. Yeah, he's got to have things to en- not entertain him, to interest him, to mm. occupy him, to keep the yeah. little grey stones stimulated. Mm, yes, as, as someone else would have said. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but to um, start taking pot shots in your own flat and pulling putting bullet holes in the wall. I mean, <laughs> which again is another standard Holmesian trait. Mm. I mean, you even had that mm-hmm. in the recent um, that Sherlock Holmes film, yeah. Yeah, the recent yeah. Guy Ritchie film. One, yeah. it, it turned to his laboratory and experiment on poisons and stuff like that just to fill his time. I think mm. it was an experiment with drugs. Yeah, well, he did, <laughs> he that, did that, that as well, well yes. <laughs> well, yes, but that, was, yeah, that wasn't really sort of covered in the... Uh... <laughs> in this case, he had a, a head, a severed head in the fridge, didn't he? Yes. Least? Oh, that's right, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, what is it? He was testing... The yeah, coagulation, coagulation of saliva. That's the thing, sort of. Watson just takes it in his stride. He's like, Holmes, there's a severed head in the fridge. He's <laughs> very shocked at first, but yeah, he's a medical you, man. You get the idea that they have been cohabiting for mm. a number of months now. It's not as much as a. <laughs> it's only a good few weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's not as much as a shock as it was in the first no. episode. Well, also, Watson does know that Holmes works for a laboratory and is allowed body parts. It's not like he's yeah. gone out and chopped someone's head off, <laughs> <laughs> necessarily. <not. laughs> <laughs> so how does this this one start apart from our homes being very very bored um it it has a rather um explosive introduction yeah. to the plot doesn't yes. it <laughs> yeah yes what is it a flat or a shop opposite there uh, 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 yeah yeah a building opposite. Yeah, it, it, well, it first starts with uh, Mycroft trying to get him interested in these, this um, uh, memory stick that yes. has these naval mm. plans on it. Played by gone, Mark Gatiss. That have yeah. gone missing. Mm. And he seems very... Self-defence. Yeah, self-defence plans that have gone missing. Mm, that's it. And he seems very disinclined to get involved in the case. Yep. He's very dismissive of yeah, Mycroft. A bit, bit too do- um, mundane for him. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. Watson decides to um, find out what happened to the plans and what happened to the gentleman that was carrying the plans yeah. who was found... Mm, lying mm, dead on a railway yes, track. Yes, lying dead yeah. on a railway track. Yeah. Mm. With his head bashed in. Yeah. Well, of course, Holmes is following him all the way and yeah. mm. way ahead of him. Oh, yeah, at, at every <laughs> turn. But as you said, the next thing that happens is the building across the street mm. blows up. Yeah, just after Watson left. Yes. Yeah, lucky escape for him, mm. I think. Yeah. Didn't even yeah. know about it. No. Yeah. <laughs> Far to get down the road for. <laughs> well, hadn't, been... hadn't he gone to his girlfriend's flat? He had. He That's must have got it, into yeah. a cab. Or, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Way yeah. down the road. Yes, he'd had an argument and went to go to sleep on his girlfriend's couch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who turns out not yet, at least, to be uh, 
any way involved in Moriarty. Yeah, not, not yet a plant. Not involved with Watson that closely, because he did sleep <laughs> on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. Still early days for them. Yes. And Holmes gets he gets a mobile phone in his, uh, posted to him. Yes. With a rather cryptic message on it. Well, well it was the mobile yeah. phone that looks exactly like the phone from the first case, a study in pink. Mm. Mm. Which uh, Lestrade mentions he reads uh, Watson's blog. Blog, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And Holmes is set uh, a conundrum. Someone, a woman is reading instructions to him Mm. to solve a a clue, basically. And he has a fixed period of time before she is blown to Kingdom Come. Well, he gets the five pips from the Greenwich Time Time Signal. signal. And we get a shot of her reading out the instructions and she's swathed in dynamite with mm. a, with a timer and, well, and, and yeah. LEDs lots of wires and, yeah. Yeah. sitting in yeah. a car in the mm. park, car yeah. park of a supermarket mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, virtually <laughs> sobbing these instructions out yep She's the first of a, a first number of, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a four or five it's, it's, a, it's a number of tests and um, yeah um, well, the second guy, he was in Piccadilly Circus. Yep, yep. yep. Standing there for hours. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Then the there third, was yeah, the old lady. The old lady yeah. who has to die at the end because she's blind. So she has the voice and she tries to tell tries to describe Holmes the some voice. of the character from the voice. That's so it, yes. Yeah, she says she he, gets had, blown he had a very soft yeah. voice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, even after Holmes solved that particular yeah. mystery. And that mm. should normally let them go free. Yeah. yeah. But, but each time he had different amount of time to yes. actually solve the mm. mystery yeah, to save... Decreasing, a decreasing period of time. Mm. Save the person. And it culminated around a painting. Yes. Mm. As to whether this painting was, was real gen- or fake. Genuine or fake. Mm. And yeah. He knew it was fake, but didn't know why, why? it was fake. Yeah. Yeah, that was the last it. problem he had yeah. to solve. Yeah. yeah. At that point, they didn't get the voice. They didn't get the phone call. They just mm. got um, the clues. Yes. Of mm-hmm. where it was. And it wasn't until we come right down to the wire where he's trying to figure out the painting, do we get the phone call? And this time, it's a child's voice counting down to te- uh, from mm, ten. That's yeah. it. So yeah. you've literally got seconds, well, seconds to solve, to solve it. Yeah. Yeah. The thing. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, he solves that this painting is a fake mm-hmm. and questions the curator as to what's going on because it's yeah. obvious the curator knows the, it's the, a fake. The curator was, curator was in on that. And the curator lets on that she was approached by a gentleman called Mr Moriarty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moriarty. <laughs> <laughs> um, which then brings us into Holmes actually becoming much more aware of Moriarty. Yes. Mm-hmm. And th- that's... This whole thing is solved, and yep. we all go home. <laughs> Not quite. Yeah. So then Holmes tells Moriarty to meet him at the pool, mm-hmm. where the first, presumably Moriarty's first victim. Well, was you drowned. don't you yeah. don't quite get that first of all because Watson's found the yeah. the oh, um, found memory stick. That's it. What Watson Watson sort of found the memory stick, but uh, he found the trainers, and then. Uh, Holmes comes in and t- reveals that actually he's been following the coast all the time. Mm-hmm. He has solved that case and takes Watson through what happened. And then you end up with Holmes phoning someone saying, yeah. I have the memory stick, meet me to pick up. Now, you obviously, at that point, you think it's... Uh, Mycroft. Mycroft, that he's phoning to say that he has the memory stick. Didn't he put it on his blog, rather than phone? Or he put it on his blog. Yeah. And, that, yeah. and he goes to a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. And... 
Oh, we've got at that point Watson's gone off yeah. to go and do some shopping mm. or to go and see That's his it. girlfriend. So, yeah. He went to get a pint of milk and some bread. Yeah. So Holmes comes into the swimming pool and says, Are you there? And Watson comes mm. out of one of the one cubicles of the cu- yeah. Yeah. with the worst pack of mac and what initially you think is probably the worst acting you've seen in yes. your life and then the penny drops that but, he isn't actually delivering lies he's saying what yeah. he's being told to by Moriarty mm. the same as the other he, victims he of the is dynamite. now strapped with C4 yes he's got he's got a bomber's yeah. vest on yeah. Yeah. yeah obviously you were meant to think that Watson was a mastermind that he is Moriarty. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's the first things he says, here, this is a turn up for the books, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just think, oh no, it's not, is it? Mm. <laughs> no. Clearly they couldn't. Moriarty do that. turns up. Yeah. Mm. Who coincidentally we first saw at the right at the beginning oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. as yeah. the supposedly gay mm. boyfriend well, a new of boyfriend. the female lab assistant. Yeah. Who's after Holmes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it's just the scene where sort of Holmes looks up from the microscope and says, he's gay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he even leaves him his phone number, doesn't he? He does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's really playing with him throughout this episode. Yeah, yeah. He's been ke- keeping tabs on him just yeah. to sh- prove that he's better. Basically because he's bored in the same way that Holmes mm. yeah. and Sherlock yeah. is bored. Mm-hmm. As I said, they, 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 they flip it slightly. Uh, Moriarty is a consulting criminal. Yes. Mm. Rather than a criminal mastermind from, from the books. Yeah, so if you need a crime done, yeah. you go to him. Who are you going to uh, call? Yeah. Huh. He yeah. is the actual opposite mm. of Sherlock yeah. Holmes. He oh, facilitates. Speaking of, oh, yes. mm. speaking of masterminds, we haven't said hello to the Oh, no. oh my God, no! Hello, 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 hello Pertwee! And hello, cardboard knobnacker! <laughs> And mini knobnacker. Yes. Oh, I have mini yes. <laughs> <laughs> So back at the plot. Yes. <laughs> um, eventually, they manage to get the. He he aunt, he solves the mystery yep. and basically rips the bomb-proof jacket, the bomber's jacket, off of um, Watson. Yeah. Um, I mean, talk about tearing the clothes <laughs> off of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, they do mention that, too, don't they? Mm. They, they do. do. They <laughs> make a joke of it. And you yeah. think it's safe, and you get red sniper dots mm. appear yes. on them. On both of them. And then you get hundreds of red sniper yeah. dots. And Moriarty comes back in and says, well, something along the lines of, you, you don't think I can let you go. Yeah, yeah I'm and changeable you, or something. Yeah. Mm. And you finish, you finish with... Holmes with the gun yeah. pointing the mm. gun at, at the, the vest explosives. at the explosives and that's where we finish that's it on a cliffhanger and it's yeah. very much I, I kind of sit there going it's the Reichenbach fall yeah, they've got to end up in yeah. the swimming pool <laughs> I mean the actual the actual lines that they spoke there was lifted directly from the final problem everything I've thought to say you've thought of the answer so yeah mm. <laughs> It was that 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 whole interplay. I found it was quite interesting, but it was too close and personal for these people to have only just become enemies yeah. and have that kind of dialogue and relationship. In the Reichenbach Falls, they have competed against each other from time to time. They're aware of each other. They've jousted. Well, yes, but never actually in the stories. It's kind of made yeah, up I mean, in that story. Moriarty yeah. was created for the final problem. He yeah. didn't appear in it beforehand. No, no. But there were stories written later which were set before. Oh, mm. Yeah, the, yeah they, they meet in flashback. Yeah, kind of thing. But at least here we've had it throughout the series. Yes. yes. And then you've had this big five block of, of mysteries These, or crime yeah. self. Yeah. And all of those were crimes that were set up by Moriarty. Yeah. Yes. He was giving Holmes the clues. Yeah. And in one case, giving up £30 million mm. just well, 
for the fun of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. as, as he was saying, he's clearing out the deadwood. Yeah. Mm. So he's giving him the clues, and not necessarily important and things that caused maybe caused him problems in the past. Yeah. Just using homes to uh, clear the shelf, clear the stacks yeah. for him. Mm. It was very gripping. I found yeah. because oh, you yeah, have these yeah. smaller, smaller adventures or smaller puzzles within the entire episode mm, as well as the whole thing up, with yeah. Watson yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was quite well paced throughout. Yes. Yeah. Much better than the second episode. Yeah. 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 So the first episode and the third, I thought both were very good. Yeah. yeah. Visually, they're doing some lovely techniques as well. There was one scene where they, they took um, a shot of a street and there's a bank on the corner and they actually put it slightly into sepia. Yes. Oh, and they? dark-toned it. So it <laughs> almost looks... Although it's a modern street, it's yeah. a bit, what have you, it looks slightly Very Victorian. Victorian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've oh. been doing some lovely little visual games like that throughout. <laughs> mm. Oh, um, an interesting article I read in the... <laughs> the sandwich bar that's next door to two, well, 221 Baker Street. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yes, apparently since the TV series has been uh, been shown, the trade in there has gone through the roof. <laughs> is that a real sandwich bar? Then? It is, yeah. <laughs> oh, OK, I assume that was just uh, a bit of... Yes, and um, even, set, he? even Benedict... Uh, was, uh, Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. Yeah, Cumberbond. Yeah, and uh, Martin Freeman, they even, even popped in there, sort of signed photos and sort of... Really? Mm, yeah. <laughs> How far is it away from 221B Baker Street? Um, it's not. It's only about half a mile. Yeah. So it's just down... The, so if anyone mm. headed to 221B Baker Street, they'd be able to find it. Because obviously, mm. for those of you that don't know, mm. 221B Baker Street is a bank. It's a bank. It's not <laughs> anymore. They, it's now been renumbered, so the Sherlock Holmes Museum is 221B. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, not, it's not a parade of houses no. like you see no, in I the TV no. program. I do know that it they was, used to... It was, not anymore. They mm. used to employ someone to be Mr. Holmes' yes, secretary, yes. in the yeah. bank to open the mail. Abbey National left now, so yeah. they vacated yeah. yeah. that building. Mm-hmm. And that... Then they renumbered it to the Sherlock Holmes Museum. museum. Next uh, so it's <laughs> quite within distance then. Mm, yeah. yeah, about a five minute walk, if that, yeah. Mm. I am enjoying this series. Yeah. I did. It's I gone. It's over. Again, <laughs> again, it's a shame it was only three. Who yeah. does three? I know. Come on. But it's gone. So. I, I can understand why this can't have been very cheap to make because no. there are. No. It's not. Unlike a science fiction, it's not heavily embroiled with special effects and it isn't being done as a costume drama mm. so you haven't got the expense of the costume drama mm. but there are a lot of subtle little effects yeah. like the visual yeah. effects yeah. with the sepia and all the rest mm. of it and there's been some interesting bits that are much more subtle and I can imagine it wasn't the cheapest thing no. to do so oh, maybe no. they've only done the three to I just think... test the water to well, see how yeah. just well, dip the in the water yeah. if we go for a full series I hope they don't do a big Full series. Mm. No, I, it's, it's four. Yeah, it's better. Yeah. Less is more. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, leave so, leave yeah. your. I, I know I've just complained about bit being three, but leave <laughs> your audience wanting mm, more. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe five, like um, the deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Four or five. Yeah. yeah, five would be enough. Yeah. I think they work at an hour and a half as well. I yeah. think mm-hmm. to take them shorter would rush too much and yeah. would lose some of the character play. I think to make them longer would be encouraging too much padding and yeah. you would lose mm. the pace. Mm. Yeah. I think no. the hour and a half, the old 90-minute yeah. Saturday yeah. afternoon yeah. film it. length is, yeah. is yeah. ideal. Which I think is why they, they dropped the original pilot 
and they refilmed it yeah. to make it 90 minutes. It was 60 minutes, the, mm. the original pilot. And that's going to be on the DVD and the Blu-ray box set, oh, too. Mm. She's kind of an earlier version yeah. of Study in yeah. Scarlet. Pink. Study in Pink. Yes. Study in Pink, yes. <laughs> but uh, well worth, for, for anyone that oh, hasn't God. seen it over here who may be in America or what have you, if you get it on one of the channels or you get a chance to see it on yeah. video, do. Um, and that's it. We were saying, I mean, I very rarely buy Blu-rays new, but I'm definitely going to Blu-ray this particular the yeah. one it's one of those ones I think I will watch again definitely if you get the chance watch it mm, watch it very much oh, so. yeah. uh, highly enjoyable I thoroughly recommend it Michael. You might know me from shows such as the Tin Dog Podcast, the Who Cast, and even Podshock. Yes, I'm speaking on behalf of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. You see, we're all off. Well, some of us are all off very soon, Sunday the 5th of September 2010, to be precise, between 10am and 5, to Hooverville 2, the world's only Doctor Who convention, held in an engine shed. Yes, there are guest appearances by... Loads of people from the world of Doctor Who. Sophie Aldred, who we all know played Ace. Deborah Watling, played Victoria. Dee Sadler, played Flower Child. The Katie Manning. And Tristan Peatfield. Production designer on Amy's Choice. As well as meeting these wonderful people, you'll be able to meet us. Because there's going to be a podcasting panel. And that'll include audience participation. So you'll need to wear your speaking trousers, apparently. So go on, join us at Hooverville 2 on Sunday the 5th of September 2010 at the Midland Railway Butterley Ripley Derbyshire. Tickets for adults cost £25, children £10, under five years are free, obviously accompanied by a paying adult. Family tickets, that's two adults and two children, are only £60. For more information, contact www.hoovers.org.uk. Now that's spelt W-H-O-O-V-E-R-S and you can use secure booking at www.midlandrailwaycentre.co.uk So hopefully see you there and many other members of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. So until then, be seeing you. Más palabras de sabiduría de nuestro querido líder, el presidente. Las setas están escapando y están invendiendo el parlamento. Anyway, you lovely people, you've all been writing to us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you. And thank you. And oh, and thank you. Thank you. Uh, real thanks. They get the real hints. Case. They get the hints. Thank you. And we keep forgetting to say the email address to the end. Oh, <laughs> no. It's because we haven't got fake Keith here to yeah, remind us. <laughs> right. To kick off proceedings, we have one here from Bob. Bob. Hello, Bob. 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 He says, dear Staggering Stories team, 
excluding Gene, since fake Keith should be here this week. <laughs> Uh, you see, alternating bit. We've alternated our swappages. They, they've left footed us. And the scariest body part in the world, the head of Pertwee. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Another fantastic podcast, as always, and well done to the boys for a brilliant commentary on the first episode of Babylon 5. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh, thank you. Up. We're to have the weekend, yeah. Oh, thank yes. you. Thank, thank you. Much. Hey, we're good fun doing that. Mm. Ah, bliss. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'll give you my thoughts on some of the things you covered. The whole aim is history hunt, stopped El Presidente. <laughs> <laughs> there is something scary about El Presidente, of all people, having a fit of the giggles. <laughs> you don't have to be here. Please don't, do, please don't do it again. Won't hold my breath, though. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your coverage of the Doctor Who proms. Your section on it made up for the fact that some of us couldn't go due to time, money or distance. Um, it yep, sounded like sorry. it was a brilliant concert. Yes. yes. It was also nice to see that El Presidente didn't cause an international incident it was close by yeah. being in the same room as Karen Gillan oh yeah it yes I was close. a member of the free El Presidente Facebook group oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's this I miss this one. yeah a little group that uh, I think it was Dave from, uh, Professor Dave Zark in space yeah. created a, a group free El Presidente after I was going to be arrested for uh... <laughs> because we held you down <laughs> yeah Sherlock has been one of the television highlights of the year Indeed, as my lord and master Tony, or so he thinks, (laughs) said the BBC are really spoiling us this year. Mm. Benedict Cumberbatch is the definitive portrayal of Holmes for the modern age. Mm. He has brought Holmes safety through to the modern age without losing anything that makes the character who he is. True. Mm -hmm. He also lets us see that Holmes is not the typical hero, such as when the cabbie from the first episode is shot and dying. Sherlock is quite happy to hurt him just to get the name he wants. Martin Freeman also does a brilliant Watson. Yeah. Who, as many people have commented, is no longer the bumbling sidekick. Mm, so you agree? Mm, never yeah. should have been. Mm. Yeah. You never was in the books. No. Mm. A prime example of this is when in the second episode, Sherlock is trying to get Watson to remember a code that was on the wall, <laughs> only to find out that Watson had taken a photo. Yeah. <laughs> roll, yes, on was... se- roll on series two. Yeah. That was a wonderful mm-hmm. little scene, mm-hmm. that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you all what you said in the B5 commentary. The PPG does uh, does win the award for least intimidating water pistol. <laughs> I mean weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Even Star Trek managed to have weapons that looked better. The space battles were a game changer for sci-fi as the fluid battles of B5 managed to get sci-fi shows after the turn-based combat styles that Star Trek seemed to use. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Londo was my favourite character in the series, um, so, it made, <laughs> so it made sense when you said that B5 is partly the journey of Londo Malari. Yeah. Yeah. But there are other journeys in the series as well, oh, such as Veer's journey from being considered a failure and being mocked by even his family to being one of the most powerful men in the Republic, yeah. to Jacquard's yeah. journey from being an arrogant politician to being classed as a prophet. Mm-hmm. Yep. B5 truly is a brilliant series and is the only one to keep me up until three in the morning watching watching episodes. Yeah. Wow, just seeing the length of this letter. Sorry to who, <laughs> to whoever has to, uh, to uh, read this out. Mustache, viva el presidente. Be nice to real Keith. Bob be with you. Bob of the Flashing Blade podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Yeah. Bob. Yeah. B5. Great. Yeah. Great. Ah, I only caught the odd episode of it. I, oh. never, I think it was on when I was doing scrutiny work, and yeah. it was on the same nights yeah. I usually have scrutiny meetings, mm. and I just gave up the ghost of trying to actually catch it. That is going to be one we're going to have to sit you down and play to. Oh, yeah, because yeah. the odd bits, the odd, yeah. especially, I remember seeing one about um, someone got possessed by the spirit of um, Jack the Ripper. Mm. I'll, uh, no, that was actually Jack yes. the Ripper. It was actually <laughs> Jack the Ripper. Yeah. And, and I, that, that was very, yeah. very it's good. I remember not, that. Not remembered as a prophet, not remembered as a holy man, not even remembered as mm. Sebastian. Merely 
Jack. Jack. Mm. Yeah, Sounds no, ridiculous, but it's so well done. It was mm. beautiful. Yeah. It, I remember that one, and that, that very much impressed me, I mean, that story. Mm. It was just the line he came out with, sort of, you know, sort of, one day I hope the Vorlons will let me die. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll have to, uh, if anyone's got it on video, I'll have to borrow it. And, uh, oh, yeah. We've all got it on DVD. We've all got it on DVD. Yeah. <laughs> I'll borrow it off of you at some yeah, point. Yeah, you're more than welcome. <laughs> okay, we have one here from Michael Not the Tin Dog. Hello, Michael, Hello, Michael, not, Michael the not the Tin Dog. Okay. Hello to Adam, Crumbly, Real Keith, Fake Keith, Gene, whichever one it is today. <laughs> <laughs> the omnipotent head of poetry, Adam's cardboard lover, and new member of questionable use, Plastic Amy. <laughs> Podcast 83 was excellent. Yeah. Crack, mm-hmm. I think that's got excellent crack as always. You've all done very well. <laughs> While Staggering Stories' new monthly format means I get less... Less? 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 <laughs> <laughs> means I get, uh, I get less fun and frivolity and jollity uh, every month. Plus, a factor is that I have much more time to get feedback in. I missed the date for the Flashing Blade last time. That'll teach... Galishon <laughs> shakes fist to complain I send in too much feedback when, when I actually mouth read every two weeks every, now, yeah, yeah we've gone back to every two weeks I've now seen the second episode of Sherlock I was away to the north coast when we where we couldn't get any TV signal so I've only just <laughs> seen it on Sky Plus it yep. wasn't bad at all though not to the standard of the first episode no the scene where the gangsters thought Watson was home was inspired, though, <laughs> as Watson's uh, arrest for graffiti. Mm. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the final episode, which I'll be watching this evening, all being well. Mm, much better. If any of you have caught Night and Day, now available in monetarily disreputable cinemas, you will know no. that near the end of the film, Tom's Cruise character is set shot in the chest, mm. yet somehow <laughs> manages not to die and revive in a military hospital. My friend who I was watching it with turned to me and said, that would have never happened in Serenity. Poor Wash. <laughs> there was a slight difference. Uh, Wash got a rather large stake through his chest. Mm. Well, personally, I have watched Night and Day. It's a Tom Cruise film. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, which is strange for a comedy. Elron is God. It's um, uh, a comedy. And to my mind, throughout the whole of the film, Tom Cruise is channeling Captain Jack. <laughs> right, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. that same... Mentality. Oh, channeling. Channeling. It goes either way. (laughs) Not that side. Uh, That's all. That's all from Tin Dog. So not the Tin Dog. Fn. I'm sorry. All from not the Tin Dog. So TTFN for now. Thank you. So you say he's out of the closet. He's out of the closet. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it depends on which way you look at it. Yes. It depends on which way you're standing at the top. Yeah. Yeah. I have one here from Ari B. Hi, Ari B. Hello, Ari B. Hi, Staggerers. Oh. The right-wing religious nuts that were <laughs> protesting at Comic-Con oh, yes. were mm. members of the Westboro Baptist Church. Ah, right. Yeah. For those of you who want to wiki them, Wikipedia, <laughs> wiki, Westboro underscore Baptist underscore church. <laughs> also infamous for their God hates fags slogan. Cigarettes are very bad. Yes, very bad. Yeah. You shouldn't smoke. You yeah. really shouldn't. Yeah. Um, and for pres- protesting at the funerals of US servicemen and women who were killed in action. <laughs> nice bunch. Insert, yeah. insert my disgusted look yeah. here yeah. at that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, um, very full- Christian. Yes, yeah, very Christian of them. <laughs> 
Unfortunately, <laughs> the guy with all hail the hypnotoad yep. sign wasn't alone. A search around the internet revealed several other protesters as well. See http double dot forward slash forward slash i o n dot com forward slash five five nine four one 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 forward slash can we put that in the show I will my personal favourite was the person dressed as Bender carrying the kill all humans keep up the good work Harry B P.S. I've been packing my house up for a move. Your podcast really helps pass the time. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Music Thank to you. pack cases too. Yeah. <laughs> musings to pack cases. Well, yeah, musings. Yeah. Oh, it's nice to know there are nutters all over the world, <laughs> isn't it? I, I only and I don't mean the guys wearing the hypnotoad yeah. suit or carrying I, I, the I only saw the, the photograph with the guy with the hypnotoad placard, but mm, yeah. so it's nice to know that everyone else got out there as well. Yeah, it's yeah. just nice to know that there are still people out there who burn books and uh, records and... Yep. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Indeed. Open-minded, sane people. Uh, blinkers Lit- down. Sh- uh, blinkers on. Shutters down. What they preach. Uh, yeah, yeah. Preach what they practice. Mm. He who throweth the first stone. Let, he, let him as well without sin cast the first stone. Yeah. Okay, I have one here from the artist formerly known as Scardis. Oh, <laughs> oh. hello, artist <laughs> formerly known as Scardis. He says, "Hello, head of Pertwee. Hello, head of Purcell. Hello, head of Simpkins. Hello, heads of Dunn. <laughs> no, hello, head of Riddler." Oh. oh. Hello. They thought you weren't going to be here. No, they thought we've swapped our lights. Yeah, that's it. It's thrown everyone through a loop. Yeah, it has. And hello, head of the Matt Smith for London Mayor campaign. (laughs) (laughs) Only the head, though. Only the head. Uh, Long time no correspondence, apart from my occasional suggestion of male companion name. Lot has happened since my last email around tortured children of Earth saga. Mm. The Doctor threw a tantrum on Mars. Good episode. Went to Area 51. Okay, story. Bad animation. <laughs> Got one marriage, stopped another. Sarah Jane, brilliant series there. And then took a radiation shower that made him into a new man. <laughs> after another tantrum. Yeah. He then went on to pick up his nutty Scottish redhead. <laughs> oh. Got obsessed with her crack. <laughs> then in short, her, ready, her wedding went with only one hitch, his absence. But he came for the dancing and all was well in the end. No wonder you wanted to read this one. <laughs> That's a really good summing up of last yeah, season. It's basically, yeah. Mmm, crack. Anyway, <laughs> must say I loved series five of Doctor Who, the 11th hour's just a perfect episode in a cracking way to bring back Doctor Who for a new era. Everything mm. from the performances to the sublime score from Murray Gold was spot on. Perfect. Mm. The Beast Blow wasn't Moffat's best ever script, but they can't all be winners. Nope. Meanwhile, I have to say that while I'm not opposed to the new shape of the Daleks, I'm not too keen on the colour schemes. Yeah. Mm. Particularly the brighter colours, such as yellow or white. Uh, B&Q yeah. Daleks, yeah. Daleks should be coloured to look menacing and indestructible. Yes. These Daleks didn't look like that at all. Anyway, the Angel 2 part was fabulous, and I was okay with Amy's stress relief scene at the end. <laughs> <laughs> After getting into being human in the off-season, I have to say I enjoyed the similar humour traits that came up in Vampires of Venice. Yeah. I don't think I ever laughed so heartily going into a title sequence as I did after the hilarious stripogram scene. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Funniest scenes of the series. Amy's choice was intriguing and sold me on the idea of a three-piece TARDIS team, which I wasn't so sure on. I always liked the Doctor Companion setup, which the following story restored. Not one of my favourites, if I'm honest. Again, nothing wrong with the classic series redesign, but the story was pedestrian and badly paced. Yeah. 
Mm. Vincent and the Doctor is very much a movie script condensed into an episode. It was a fantastic character piece, but I feel it was done before in The Unquiet Dead. Mm. Mm. The Lodger was again just a bit of filler fun, but then we got to the finale. This was one of the best series ends there has been since the series came back. Loved it. And I'm confident the series is in very safe hands with the vast Toffee MN. <laughs> Looking forward to the Doctor's return on the Sarah Jane Adventures and to the Christmas special. And maybe, perhaps, a new original Children in Need special. Ooh, Remember the post generation yes. and the wonderful time crash by Mr. Moffat. Speaking of Stephen Moffat, no doubt you've just been reviewing the side project he had with Mark Gatiss, Sherlock. Yes. I've been watching that as well and I thought it was marvellous. I love the text on screen effects and the insight into how Sherlock does his detecting. Yeah. Direction episode one and three were fantastic. And this is sad considering how great Eurus Lin is in Doctor Who and Torchwood. Because he did the second one. <laughs> the middle sagged a bit. I feel more could have been done to hide the recycling of Doctor Who locations like the museum and the Doctor's Daughter's Tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Light angle and shoot them differently next time. Yeah. Moriarty was a bit strange. Yes. Mm-hmm. You'd always expect a sort of megalomaniac along the lines of Bond baddie. One that springs to mind is the Elec Carver of Tomorrow Never Dies, played by Jonathan Price. But nevertheless, this Irish guy pulls off the deranged maniac quite well. I just briefly mention on the issue of gaming and the problems the character of the Doctor brings in gaming, how no one has ever thought of making a Torchwood video game. Shooting up aliens around Cardiff sounds like a great idea for a game, don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does sound perfect for it, doesn't it? I'll leave it at that, but I will mention one final thing that is now entering the era of the third Doctor and Liz in my classic era run. We'll update my blog in the forum about my thoughts on the second Doctor era soon. Oh, looking forward to that. Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. Yeah. Mm. All the best. What I would pronounce Owen, but apparently he pronounces Own. <laughs> Formerly Scardis, seeing his real names are back in vogue these days. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Owen yes. or Own or... <laughs> yeah. Or Scardis. Scardis. <laughs> it's easier to remember, yes. more distinctive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, we have one here from Owain. Hello, Owain. Owain. He says, hello, head of Pertwee and Del Presidente and Gene and Keith and fake Crumbly. I don't think there's anyone else is there. Hi, proper Crumbly. I'd like to send a review of the last few episodes of Doctor Who and for the whole of the amazing Sherlock. Okay. Okay. First, Vincent and the Doctor. What can I say say except, giant chicken tonight? (laughs) (laughs) It was a moving episode and the scene with Amy and Van Gogh together was excellent. The Lodger was the low point of the season for me as the plot was non-existent and the gags were only mildly funny. Okay. The finale. Oh my gosh, wasn't this absolutely brilliant? Yep. <laughs> Amy dead, Rory alive, River Song is just River Song, and that's good enough for me, so I so want a fez now. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have mine. <laughs> Sherlock was amazing. Yep. yep. The first episode I took about 0.128 of a second to warm to the characters and even less time to enjoy it immensely. I'm going straight to episode three because it was the best episode. <laughs> I felt so sorry for the poor blind woman, and who guessed that gay Jim was Moriarty? <laughs> yeah, Jim Moriarty. I mean, yeah. mentioned that Jim. Not, yeah. not me and thought it was John. Me too. Mm. I'm eagerly awaiting my GCSE results. Oh, good luck. Genera- general certificate of stalking and eavesdropping. <laughs> Fake <laughs> Keith. Leave Jones the milk alone, you naughty woman. <laughs> Bye-bye for now. A wine. No worse world of the podcast today. I'm too lazy to work one out. Aww. Aww. Mm, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I have one here from Reese. Hey, hello, hello Reese. Reese. 
Dear team, the head of poetry, Amy Pond. Oh, now I know how Winfield's listening to this podcast and other listeners, <laughs> mainly listeners at the moment. I have throughout the last few weeks been holding back from being rather angry at you. Ooh, and I am restrained now because I take your dislike of the show as well as I can. But if you come out and say something like, insert stupid voice. I found Stargate Universe more boring than a... <laughs> I could take Robert's comments well, as that was a fair argument, but that made me pop, as it were. I was worried the show wouldn't work when I saw the first few episodes. He's put that in very big, bold capitals. And most of you only got that far by the sound of it. Stick with it all the way. Through the season, it gets better. And if you haven't seen the whole season, then I don't think you can comment fairly. I am angry at some of you. Anywho, <laughs> you could review SG-1 or, but this is not likely, SGA. I would like you to review any of them, and I'm only trying to help. Mm, I think Fake Keith would be the best person for that. Yep. If, if you want, I can do a review of SG-1 from the Egyptian point of view. Yep. <laughs> On Doctor Who, Jean, when you guys are reading out the news of Amy's mm, lovely history hunt, <laughs> you said to El Presidente, stop laughing, uh, lusting after Karen Gillan. <laughs> and I have to say, shout the next bit, but not angrily, don't ask him to do the impossible. It's like <laughs> us asking you to stop hating Matt Smith. <laughs> That's only meant to be playful. Right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> also, if you need help of what to review until the Christmas episode and the next series, you could review Robin Hood. It's a really good show, brilliantly made, <laughs> with fantastic music. <laughs> I know this is said so many times. The BBC make it look like it's set in the times. It is a little like a costume drama. Wonderful. I like it a lot. As a music lover, it has such powerful music and can be extremely emotional and exciting. It is great. It's not real Robin Hood. Robin's a wimp. He can't shoot anyone. <laughs> Unfortunately, our beloved Jean is still a raving avid fan of the hooded man. No, she's a raving avid fan of a decent man playing Robin Hood. Not a wimp. <laughs> this could be something of a bone of contention. <laughs> Any road up. I know I said that I'd keep sending audio feedback, but at the moment I have a cold and can't record. Understand that, but I will say that I just say that I've borrowed podcasting for dummies from the library. Is that enough of a hint of what I am doing? Mm. I, I, I think down here in Adam's collection, that, that, that's the blueprint of uh, the chief scientist El Presidente. <laughs> I did, but I'm not intending to read it myself, I must admit. But. Yeah. I have a point on Time of the Angels. Amy looks better in that one, even with that shirt. You can still see her. Never mind. <laughs> I think it's because she doesn't have that much makeup on, and she looks more natural and, of course, gorgeous. I thought she just looked like she was 16 in that one. I thought she looked too young, but there we go. Oh, I have a little recommendation. Not a 30-second recommendation, but I'd say it's one two-second recommendation. Uh, Sir Terry Pratchett's Jingo. I'm only 70 pages at the time of writing into it, and it's wonderful. Pratchett is the best author out there today. I've read Jingo. Yeah, it is a very good, nice little war piece. Very funny. Oh, okay. Keep up the work and watch the whole of season Stargate Universe. And goodbye. Reese. <laughs> Thank, right. Thank you, Reese. Thank you, Reese. I have caught the first three now of Star yeah. Universe, and they're not too bad so far, isn't Yeah. It, it does lack humour. It, it's something it that we're going we're to try to do a, a commentary on in the future. Yeah, I'll be able to pass DBs around when I've watched them. So. Yeah, it's, it's got to be yeah. done. I wouldn't mind 
watching it at some point. So I loved Stargate 1, but even then I started to lose with it. You know, it, it went on a bit too long. Yeah. But I did always like the humour with it. And the bits I have seen of the SG universe is the lack of humour. Mm. Maybe because I'm watching it as part of the Stargate universe, yeah. I'm expecting it to have a certain level of humour. If, mm. if it wasn't that connection... Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, to give it justice, I'll have to... I, I should really watch some of it to see what it's like. I mean, I love the lead actor in it. <laughs> <laughs> Even with his clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Carlyle, dear, mm. Robert Carlyle. Well, indeed, yeah. <laughs> full of Monty. Yes. And it looks quite good. I mean, it does look like a lot of other science fictions, grubby spaceship, etc., yeah. etc. Yeah. But no, it's it's worth giving a go. But say Robin Hood. <clears throat> <laughs> All I would say is when someone writes an entire, entire episode to get the final line in of, I shot the sheriff, but I didn't shoot the deputy, <laughs> oh, a la Paul Cornell's story, you yeah. know that even the writer aren't taking it seriously. Right, so we have one here from Patrick. Hello, Hello, Patrick. 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 Got in just in time. Uh, Dear team and assorted inanimate objects. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's probably the best way to do it. The list is growing. It's worryingly. Sorry I missed you last week. I was on holiday in Lanzarote. Any Perry, I wonder. (laughs) I may make a few typos in this email, since I'm sending it literally whilst you record with Adam Assuring me I can get it in on time. <laughs> You've just made it by the skin mm, of your teeth. Snuff, snuff. To hell with deadlines. <laughs> anyway, great work last show. Also really enjoyed Sherlock. Yeah. I was interested in what you thought of a full series. Gene said it would probably end up as an English version of The Mentalist. Now, would that really be too bad a thing? No. 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 Having read the Holmes books, I think I trust the vast Toffee MN and Git Ram tasks. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say the spell checking card that Must obviously be a. Git Ram tasks with writing Doyle esque original stories for Holmes, which could be just as clever as original stories. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, the Holmes purists will complain about them not being original Holmes stories, but who cares? Yeah, that's, that's If a, they're good, it'd be great. Yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that what else did I have to say oh yes sometime in the future you might receive a new Mr. Dalek story from me I've had a great idea for one Mr. Dalek meets a Teletubby Dalek (laughs) (laughs) and you can probably guess who's going to win (laughs) until then bod to be with you Patrick thank you Patrick Patrick. Patrick. thank you in fact, yeah, we've got another Mr. Dalek coming up in oh, uh, is it a week's time from this year. Yeah. Next mm-hmm. one, which is the uh, Mr. Dalek robs a bank. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so look out for the next update. He didn't take a load of watches or something, did he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we've got a little bit more feedback here. Oh, another last one. Yeah, via Twitter, a series of Twitter. Oh. We've been tweeted, have we? We've tweeted, haven't we? I've never been tweeted. Five. I, mean, I remember when someone tweeted the picture of um, Colin Baker with the head of Pertwee before you even got a chance yeah. you're mm. head of Pertwee <laughs> it's from Luke Harrison from Tmudwup hello Luke hello Luke and let's start at the beginning some quick feedback on your review of Sherlock last time the blind banker was loosely based on the dancing men not sign of four yeah. Mm. Yeah. a bit of both I think a bit of both Watson's wife was Holmes' client and not a nurse mm. yeah in the original she, yeah I think did we know did we I think we did yeah I think she became when she married Watson and she she sort of took on some of the roles, but I could be uh, mistaken. Okay. Yeah, she, definitely she was. Uh, she started.
started off as a client. She was started. She started off as a client in yeah. Sign of Four, and they were, don't think we ever really saw her again. No. She's mentioned. Yeah. She's mentioned, but we never saw her again. Very offhand. But anyway, uh, Holmes' drug taking is explicit in the source material, and he takes yeah. cocaine, not opium. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he go to opium dens occasionally to get information? Get yeah. Information, mm. yeah, and uh, go undercover. But anyone in those days took opium. It was in everything. It was in the cough mixture. <laughs> yeah. <and> anything. <laughs> All that said, I agree with your positive reaction to the series and look forward to more Sherlock. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's it. Thank you, Luke. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Yes. And we have a final bit of feedback, which is audio feedback. Oh, right. Ooh. Pin back your lug holes. And this is from Tim Drury. Oh, really, Tim? Tim. 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 We met at the um, proms, didn't we? I forgot to mention in the podcast we met him. Yes. Yes. Oops. (laughs) We we kept trying to spot him in the mosh pit. Yeah. Yeah. He is mentioned in the uh, the, the written review, which is going up at the same time as Mr. Dalek. Um, Anyway, here we go. Hello, team. We've all done quite well. (laughs) Um, Tim Drury here. Um, Sending a bit of belated... um, Doctor Who proms the feedback. Excellent. It seems my Harry Potter invisibility cloak worked a little too well. <laughs> Entirely forgot to mention me on the podcast. Who are you? Uh, Sorry. That might come in handy in the future. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, thank you, um, Adam and uh, Keith, for helping me out with uh, my podcast. That's great. Thank and, um, well, thank you to the whole lot of you, really, and, and, and I'll include in this Sheldon from Doctor Who Online who helped me get home that night because uh, yes. I'm, I'm no expert on that part of London. <laughs> I'm waiting in that long queue to get into uh, the Royal Albert Hall. It struck me in the afternoon. I don't know if I'm going to know how to get home from here. <laughs> <laughs> tonight. But, uh, thanks to um, Sheldon for helping to find you guys and... Um, uh, Jean's uh, immensely brilliant local knowledge for guiding us to um, South Kensington Tube after what was, an, I have to admit, an amazing night out. I'd never been to a classical concert before, yeah. and and I thought, well, well, I guess this could be quite good. And the, the first half was, was amazing, <laughs> what with Daleks and Cybermen and Slitheen all kind of like walking in amongst us. Yeah, oh, yes, those of us up, up, <laughs> yeah. up in the cheap seats got really rather up close to the, um, to the uh, monsters. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then I thought, well, how can they raise the bar? However can they raise the bar in they the second the half? And uh, it, it gets to the second half. And um, we get Matt Smith and his amazing performance that was so energetic, you yeah. can, can barely tell where he was for a good three or four <laughs> minutes in the album. <laughs> dived around. It was very very much the highlight of the whole thing for me, that. Yeah. Very- and uh, then to have the Doctor Who theme played right in front of you by a full orchestra, yes. I, I'm sure hits you in the right place. <laughs> um, my only um, downer on the whole day was that I finished, the the concert finished, and so I was trying to pack up all my cameras and things, and uh, someone had nicked me camera case. Oh, So, Darling. whoever you are, your card is marked. <laughs> I see someone walking around my camera case. So oh, 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 <laughs> words head. But anyway, again, thank you very much, and I'll stop blabbering now. <laughs> Oh, yes. yeah, it literally <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Tim. Yes. It was a pleasure. It really was. Yes. Yeah, it's good to meet you again there. Yeah. yeah. Is that Sheldon Collins? Yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. We didn't get to see him, did we? Yeah. Uh, you, you did, I yeah, you did. I bumped into when I was looking for Tim. Yeah. I know you knew he was around somewhere, yeah. but we didn't actually manage to meet up properly. Yeah. Nepotism rules okay, That's folks. It. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we all, we're all, what is it, eight divisions away from somebody you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mm. That's it for feedback. Yeah. Except we have to say how to contact us. 
Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, if you have any questions, queries, or insults, please yeah. contact us at the following yes, uh, address show at staggering stories dot net. <laughs> and so, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of another podcast. Aww. But never fear, or quail in fear. <laughs> There'll be more of the same in the next one. More fun, frivolity, and jollity. More news and reviews. More who old and new. Mm. We're the gang to entertain you. Thank you. <laughs> so until the next time, y esto soy yo, desmunizable, diciendo que velo. Yeah. Huh? Que. <laughs> Whatever we say. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Ta-ta. Make it so. You have been listening to a Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 84, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Gene Riddler, and Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No corporate infringement is intended, and this podcast is now presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. This kind of smut and filth. <laughs> smut and filth. Adam, you fancy any cheese? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, good, no, proper cave matured stuff. This is. It's nice. Mm. It's the kind of stuff you do cheese on toast with, and it still tastes of cheese. Mm. <laughs> is that yeah. a bit louder later? But we'll see. Has Amy got a squiggle all over? Who's number three? Uh, <laughs> nobody. Who is number one? I'm, <laughs> I'm usually number three, but mm. all right. There's no number three. Oh no! Head of Pertwee. Yep. Legs of Amy. <laughs> He's tweaking. Uh, uh, uh. Who's he tweaking? Myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not what you can actually do that. Uh, over <laughs> Why have you over <laughs> He's egging his part up there, he you is. know? Yeah. <laughs> hungry for fame. Hungry for fame. <laughs> oh, hungry for something. <laughs> yes. Well, you should see his desktop, listeners. Can I, okay. can I only make one provision, right, when we go to America? <laughs> if there are any photographs or life-size cardboard cutouts of Amy Pond, he can buy one, <laughs> but it goes in someone else's room. <laughs> uh, yes. I'm not sharing a room with him with Amy Pond. <laughs> you, you, you may, if he does what he's planning to do, you may have no choice. <laughs> Oh uh, my God. To, to share the bedroom with a pond. <laughs> pond. Pond. Yes. <laughs> I can see this is going to be a frightful experience. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's certainly painted interesting mental pictures in my head. I'm going to be traumatised now. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> oh dear. And on that note, shall we start the show? <laughs> I'd love to tell you, but somebody's got to act surprised. <laughs> I don't want to go! <laughs> <laughs> Naya, are you getting a double room at the convention? Can I share with you? <laughs> Despota, el presidente! Viva! Oh, I've lost <laughs> I'm thinking of the neighbours again. What the <laughs> hell is going on? Horrible destino participation de los caracoles. Gracias.
<laughs> now, what exactly did you just say? <laughs> well, El President. Well, it's like El Jazeera, but basically it's for El, El President. Oh, okay, okay. Mm. Iraqi information, Mister. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so, good evening and welcome. Yeah, good evening and hello and welcome to the Staggering Stories podcast, which is authorised by our dear leader, well, our beloved and dear leader, El Presidente. Viva! Viva! <laughs> There is absolutely no mention of the Daily Mail, <laughs> and anyone who says anything against our dear, you know, our beloved despot, will suffer her horrible fate involving snails. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be a smutty one. Always, no change there then. No. Sex on the brain, the oh, boy. No. Sex on the brain. Oh, no, no where else? Just on the brain. <laughs> He's doing it wrong. He's definitely doing it wrong. I have to admit, I think I might buy these homes on DVD. I will. Mm, yes. On the Blu-ray DVD. I've already pre-ordered the Blu-ray. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Which is a sign of a good, good show. Good show. Yeah. Especially for me, if I'm although I've got a Blu-ray player, I tend not to get too much on Blu-ray because. I am limited on what formats I can watch it. Yeah. Mm. I can't even cut it down to AVI to watch on me PSP yeah. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, no easy way to rip um, it. So I tend not to buy stuff on Blu-ray new. Yeah. Because I can always upscale through the Blu-ray. Yeah. But I will get it if I see it cheap, but I'm actually tempted to buy these mm-hmm. Blu-ray new. 30th of August. It was a brilliant concert. Yes. It was, yes. <laughs> it was also nice to see you there. <laughs> Give me a wake up. Yeah. That means the mushrooms have escaped and are invading Parliament. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm about to be fired. 